you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Today I'm chatting with Samira Yassim. Samira is a 26-year-old mixed-race girl born in Czechia. She now lives in London. She's in Prague right now and she actually came over for us to have a chat. You can see more about her on Instagram at AfricaKidsCZSK and also at the real Samira. Welcome, Samira. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming and chat with me today. So no you're biracial. Yeah. My mom is uh, from Czech Republic. Uh, so my mom is white and my dad is from Iraq. He is a black Arab. So yeah, that's the mix. <laughs> that's interesting because I noticed you had a post on Instagram and usually when people think about black folk, they don't usually think about Iraqi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is a lot of black and dark-skinned people in the Middle East. You have dark-skinned people in North Africa as well. So yeah, sometimes people f- forget about that. I think the education is missing about that area but uh, yeah there is black arabs all over the world so yeah yeah i lived in sudan for some time Mm -hmm. and it was interesting there because a lot of people were dark and people struggled with their identity a lot i found in khatoum people would say no i'm not african i'm arab and so there was a lot of identity crisis and struggling yeah. as to where people belong when they yeah. may have some background that is African mm-hmm. but also be Arab. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely hard because it's not uh, just racism in Europe or in the US. The Arab world is very racist as well. They have a word that they call black people. The word is Abid and it means slave. So I think that's where the the struggle comes from as you said with the identity because black people are not really accepted within the arab community even though they're arab themselves so then i can see that on my dad as well i mean anyone who's of a mixed background struggles with their identity so yeah (laughs) and so you were born in czech republic yes i was born here in prague and then when i was a bit older we moved to a small town which is in the moravia region and I spent most of my life there, which was very difficult. <laughs> and then when I was 19, I decided to leave the country and move to London. What made it difficult? <laughs> the people. <laughs> I mean, we all know Czech Republic is an Eastern European, 99% white country. So if you are different, they will let you know. They will let you know that you don't belong here. So it was just difficult. You just feel like an alien. Yeah. You feel like an alien, the way that they look at you, they treat you, the looks, the faces, the comments, the body language. 24-7 you are being reminded that you are the other, as if something was wrong with you. And when you're a child, you don't really understand what's going on and you don't know how it actually affects you. So I didn't realize that living here was difficult or growing up here was difficult until I left the country and I went to London suddenly I was experiencing something completely different. It was a struggle, definitely, just experiencing racism in general. How did you decide on London? Mm. What took you there? I don't even know. I was like, I can speak English. So the closest English-speaking country is the UK. And also it's the easiest because you don't need papers, you don't need visa if you're a Czech to live in the UK. So it seemed like an easy option. And what I did was this thing called 
au pair or like a living nanny. So I just found a family on the internet, had an interview and in a week uh, I was leaving. So (laughs) it was a very spontaneous uh, decision. Have you lived in London since then? Yeah, so now it's been seven years. Okay. (laughs) So in Czech Republic, you actually started the Africa... Mm. So the Africa Kids group, I started when I was already in London because living here and being surrounded by just white people and not really having anyone, even though my dad did try and he did explain some things to us, he would always say, be proud of who you are, they are racist, that's why they talk to you the way they do. But you don't understand the historical background and you don't see the bigger picture which I started seeing when I went to London Mm -hmm. so that inspired me to create the group because I was like there is so many mixed race and African black people living in Czech Republic but there is nothing for us that can bring us together or where we can meet other people who look like us because I think the hardest part of living here is that you don't see anybody who looks like you (laughs) so that affects your confidence it just affects everything So I was like, okay, we need something where we can see ourselves. We can talk to each other and just share our experiences and things. I was in London at the time because getting all the education and different people's perspectives in London inspired me to create this group here. So how did you get people interested in the group and to join the group? (laughs) First, it started as an Instagram page. So even until now, it's not an official anything it's just a facebook group and a whatsapp group chat and an instagram page so yeah just. that's three things that didn't exist until you created yeah. them i started it as an instagram page because there's all these pages like black love or dark skin girls empowering pages for black people so i was like okay let me make one for all the czech black people and i was posting pictures of my friends and people who i knew first and then People just started adding up, like my friends would send me another mixed race of black people that they know they live here, or sometimes I would have to do a bit of stalking, and any black person I see, I'm gonna follow them. (laughs) And so yeah, they started sending me pictures, I was reposting them, and then I was like, okay, we have an Instagram, now let's do Facebook, so we can communicate, we can text each other, we can share articles, videos, and things like that. So we started Facebook, and now we even have a WhatsApp group, so... Mm. Is, is getting more intimate and a lot of people have made a lot of friends and yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well, now we're kind of social distances, but also yeah. you are back and forth yeah. coming back to visit yeah. Czech Republic. Do people meet face to face as well mm-hmm. as online? Yes, we do. We had the first meeting, I think, in the beginning of 2018. Since then, I try to come uh, regularly and anytime I'm here, we do the meeting. So what we've been doing so far because you know I live in London so it's hard to manage (laughs) so what we've been doing is just meeting up so we have meetups and we just get together we dance we eat food we have fun (laughs) or sometimes we meet in smaller groups so somebody if they have a free house they invite people over we have dinner we chat we play games or we go out together for drinks or something like that. But the main thing at the moment is the, the big meetups where usually from 30 up to even 50 people come in and we have a lot of fun because we like to dance. <laughs> people have made friendships, we even had a few relationships. People definitely meet face to face and they make friends and talk to people who understand is important. What would you say are the demographics of the people in the group? 
So the age, I think it starts from 17 and it goes to like 30. So it's a mixture, but majority is, let's say, young people from 18 to 25. But then, of course, I'm 26, so I bring friends who are my age or maybe a little bit older. Then uh, we also had people who are like 17 or they just turned 18. And then half of the people are Czech speaking who are born here and they're mixed race or they're fully African and they're born here. And uh, half of the people work here or study here, moved here from um, a different country. Usually it's people who study here. Mm. And we've got people from all over the world. We've got Afro-Latinas, we've got Afro-American, we have Caribbean people, African people. We have people from the UK and then, as me, people from the Middle East. So... Mm it's a mixture of everything as you've gone through creating this group and meeting people in this group what have you learned from this process in the beginning i was like i just learned that everyone has a different experience and maybe sometimes i cannot force them to see things in a certain way or think in a certain way educating myself i was like okay i need to educate others as well they need to know this they need to be aware of this but i didn't take in consideration growing up here you don't have access to all the information that i have access to in london So it made me more understanding and less judgmental towards people when maybe they don't realize. But I can see that they really need this here. I don't want to be like, Osan, I feel sorry for them or anything like that. Mm. But it's hard and it's sad sometimes to see what they have to tolerate living here. But at the same time, it's beautiful to see them getting together and just being so happy, getting all the feedback after the meetings. And I'm just happy I was able to create a safe space for them where they can just be themselves and express themselves. In the time that we're in right now, Mm. with so many protests after George Floyd and so many others, it's interesting because one of the best articles I've read recently was by Imani Perry. It's an article that talks about Blackness is not the bad thing here, racism is. Let's keep our eye on what the real issue is. And it's unfortunate because, of course, you can't untie the racism from the fact that you're black. Like It's it's Mm. tied into your identity and how people judge you. But at the same time, it's good when you can have a reminder that you're not a bad person just because people treat you poorly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. You can see it in the meetings because we don't do the meetings to come together and feel sorry for ourselves. (laughs) We do the meetings to celebrate. And I just want them to be proud of who they are and really just know that there is nothing to be ashamed of. Because when you grow up in a white country around people where most of the people here are racist like everyone here is racist. whether they know it or not whether it's intentional or not they are simply racist and you internalize a lot of things and then it leads to you going against yourself or you going against your own people mm-hmm. so i'm just happy that in the meetings they can see also people from different countries because when you're born here mixed race not exposed to african culture sometimes you can be prejudiced as well even though it's a part of you so i'm happy that they're all meeting new people speaking about experiences and just really seeing the beauty in what it means to be black you talked about when you went to london mm. you got a different perspective that you think people here don't yeah. get exposure to when yeah. you realize that you have to understand not everybody sees things yeah. the same way. What's your approach then? Because mm. it's a balance, right? Between yeah. <laughs> accepting people, but you also do want to share what you've learned. Yeah. How do you balance those things? In the beginning, I was really struggling with this. And uh, a lot of people didn't like me for that. <laughs> because I was trying to be like, you have to know this. But then I just decided to take a step back. And I was like, okay, let me just focus on 
making them happy. I believe that everyone needs to learn for themselves. They need to decide for themselves, okay, I, I want to research, I want to do this, I want to understand, I want to see things in a different way. I cannot force them. And I think as time went by and you speak to different people, maybe you get to understand different perspectives. And I think now, with George Floyd and everything happening, maybe some of them realize, okay, what was she talking about two years ago? It's actually true. <laughs> and maybe now was the time when they came, when they were like, okay, the issue is actually here. So I just had to take a step back and just do what I can do. If there's things that I cannot explain to them, they don't want to hear it. Let me just step back. Everyone needs to find out for themselves. It, that goes for everything in life. You can never force people to think the way that you think. But with George Floyd, I think definitely they've been exposed to more information on social media. And I think they understand better also the importance of the group. I would say that with the work that you're doing, with the group that you've created, as well as with the post that I see you making mm. on your own Instagram page, mm -hmm. that you're doing the work of an activist, basically. <laughs> do you see yourself as an activist? No. Or, okay. <laughs> or is it your form of protest? How do you think about what yeah. you're doing? A friend of mine, she tagged me somewhere and she was like, yes, Samira, our activist. And I was like, I'm not an activist. <laughs> um, what does the word activist mean yeah. to you, buddy? I don't know. It's just because activist, I guess, is someone who is always there, who is always doing, mm. who dedicates their whole life doing the work which i cannot say about myself that my life is dedicated to well it's interesting because as you talk it makes me think that there is the job of activist yeah. but then there's also things you can do that yeah. are activism so yeah that's the thing like, i don't want to have the job of an activist because i don't do public speaking there's a lot of things that i am not able to do yet or i don't do them and there's also a lot of things because being black or being mixed race, being brown skin is exhausting itself. It's exhausting to deal with all the things that we have to deal with. Then on top of that, being an activist, I still want to have my life. I still want to be happy as we all do. I still want to do the things that I enjoy. You want to be able to step yeah, away when you need exactly. to without yeah. guilt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I don't really call myself an activist because, you know, Angela Davis, she's an activist everything about her is activism you said that you want people to understand the consequences of their racist actions mm -hmm. and the whole idea of internalized racism what experience did you have with yeah. racism either here or elsewhere well growing up here and just growing up in europe in general in the world in general because the media everything the history is all european beauty standards that's all that you see around yourself you see in the media so people just making fun of the way that you look even they used to make fun of my body shapes i would never want my hair to be curly i was just cutting it all different ways different colors that was one thing that i, I had to learn to love that was my hair then of my body shape because they used to make fun of me because i have a big bum and but now everyone wants to have a big bum so it's just ridiculous when you look back at it i hated my body everything about myself and all the prejudice and the thoughts that you have about black people or African people that you take from white people basically so me coming to London I used to think in ways that I'm ashamed of and it, it's because I grew up here and I didn't know any better but it's not an excuse obviously I had to unlearn a lot of things that I had in my head and there's things that I would never ever say again. Or when you live here, racist jokes are a very common thing. For yourself to be able to cope with it, you have to laugh at it. And 
obviously you don't want them to know that they've hurt you so you laugh at it and then you start making fun of yourself but in a way that's very hurtful and damaging because you're making fun of your existence your identity and it's not okay and i see it these days as well a lot of the younger children mixed race or black who grew up here they have instagram names little monkey because everybody else is calling them a monkey and it's, it's a coping mechanism you have to start laughing at these jokes and then it affects your self-esteem and everything or they have names like all well, the the black this the black that so you definitely internalize the racism you go against yourself and then you, you go against your own people i think this is a problem worldwide um, yeah i heard macy gray in an interview and she was talking about how if you think about the fact that society is racist yeah. it's as if you're a fish swimming in the ocean which is the racist yeah. society we can't help but being affected by it yeah and yeah whether you're white or black i think we constantly have to be vigilant against yeah. Yeah. the the ways that the societal yeah. ideas yeah. are infringing on our yeah. own thoughts and, and changing the way that we we yeah. think yeah for sure definitely in addition to your work with your group mm -hmm. and your protest on, <laughs> on Instagram, yeah. what else do you do? I'm studying a, a course that is uh, related to social issues and things like that. I would like to be, I would say, not a teacher, maybe not a classic teacher, maybe someone who's like a mentor or who helps young people from minorities. Maybe I will end up as a teacher, I don't know. That's what I'm working on at the moment, I'm studying and getting my degree. And then my other job is a dance fitness instructor, which obviously has nothing to do with activism. I do classes for women, dance classes, fitness classes. I work with women. I try to boost their confidence. I also have a YouTube channel where I also speak. My audience is women, but obviously my videos are open to everyone, but it's mostly women. I speak to people about confidence, about my own journey, finding my confidence. That's another part, just helping people in general become more um, confident and self-loving. What do you think was the biggest step that you took, or the smallest step that mm -hmm. you took, that helped you in developing your own confidence? Well, again, leaving this country, getting out of the box, and suddenly just not being surrounded by anyone but myself just being alone and really having the time to think and explore i think everyone should do that once in their life just maybe try and go live somewhere else for a while so that was it and then just deciding to leave my hair natural that was a big part and that took a long time to get to where i am today i think the past two years maybe year and a half is just like i'm really happy and taking care of my hair and every woman in this world experiences issues with her own body. So just learning to love my body and stop going on diets and things like that. And as I stopped uh, uh, worrying about diets and things like that, naturally I lost weight and I didn't even know about it. And then becoming a dance teacher, just again, getting out of my comfort zone, standing up in front of people and teaching them how to twerk and stuff. So that was a big, big one. What inspires you? Where do you draw inspiration from? I get all my inspiration is from other women, whether it's women that achieved things that I want to achieve, friends around me or people I come across and in some way I look up to them. I can't really think of like a specific person mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> all the life experiences that I've been through, they've inspired me. Just life in general. If people want to learn more about how to be 
more empathetic, more mm-hmm. anti-racist. Do you have any recommendations of something that they should read, watch, yeah. follow? There is a lot of Instagram pages. So the ones that I can say from the top of my head is Monroe Bergdorf. She's a, a black trans woman. And then you have Rachel Cargill. She's very good. She has a book, Me and My White Supremacy. I think every white person should get that. That is the number one. Actually, she also has this online program on how to be anti-racist. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. free, but mm-hmm. if you can afford to pay, you should definitely pay yeah. for it. Yeah, so she's a very good source. She's a very good uh, teacher and uh, just the way she educates is very good. So that's good quality content. And then there is one lady, my favorite, she's a dance teacher as well. Her name is Kelechi Okafor, but she's very harsh. (laughs) So if you are not ready for that, (laughs) don't go there. But yeah, so that's Instagram from top of my head. Then we've got lots on Netflix or I think some of them are even available on YouTube, so the 13th, which is about the American prison system. Then for the younger generation, there's this movie called The Hate You Give. I've heard a lot of good feedback. That was like a wake up call for a lot of people. Then what's my favorite? The Color Purple, which is very sad. I've cried the whole movie. Um, What else do you have? There's also the Just Mercy film, which I think you can actually watch for free right now you can check the link it's streaming for free in some locations right now then i would just say research the keywords like eurocentric education the history of racism where it comes from imperialism colonialism what are microaggressions what is colorism what does it mean to fetishize black people i have it on my instagram you can check my instagram there's a whole list of resources so definitely look for that I would say focus on the history because you need to understand history to be able to understand the present. Yeah, I heard a Czech person saying, what is this all about? Like, why yeah. are people so upset? And definitely, if, if you're a person who's yeah. wondering that, you can find out the answer yeah. by just taking a little bit of time and looking yeah. into the issue. Yeah, exactly. I would just say that a lot of white people think just because they don't explicitly hate somebody of a a different colour, that means they are not racist. But that's not true because we all have some sort of bias, we all have prejudice against others. So you need to explore that and it's going to make you feel very uncomfortable, but you need to deal with that yourself. You need to deal with the guilt and the uncomfortable feeling that you're going to get after finding out that you are actually racist because you think in certain ways and you think things that are not okay. Just keep in mind that you yourself learning about racism and not experiencing it is the privilege itself. Try to feel how we feel our whole life, how the world makes us hate ourselves. It's nothing compared to feeling guilty for 10 minutes after realizing what the world is going through. So. Um, just keep that in mind and do the work you know it's gonna take a long time it might take you your whole life but it's necessary I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they said I don't think my father was racist I don't think I'm a racist yeah and I didn't know what to say Mm. because I didn't know the person that well Mm -hmm. and so after that I actually went to do a bit of research on how to talk to people who are white because if, if, if it's somebody I'm close to mm-hmm. that I feel safe and comfortable with, then yeah. I can have the conversation. But if it's more of a strange yeah. environment, 
then it's potentially more harmful like yeah. to my psyche. Yeah. And so I have found myself in the past basically shutting down the conversation and being like, that is mm. not okay to not talk to me like that. Yeah. Do you realize you're talking about my father, yeah. brother, sister, whatever yeah. as the case may be. And so I went and I found some documents online about talking to people about race. Mm-hmm. And then I found some interesting questions and mm-hmm. prompts and things to talk about. For example, everyone is racist. If you're white, you can't help but being racist. Mm. As far as saying, I'm not racist, let's flip that. Yeah. Assume that you're racist yeah. in some way and then yeah. investigate what ways yeah. are you unconsciously mm-hmm. biased, racist, whatever you want to call it, and yeah. what you can do about it. Yeah. I saw this funny post on Instagram. It was like, Treat racism like Corona. Assume that you have it. Because <laughs> that's the slogans that in the UK, like, assume that you have it and wear your mask and protect yourself. So, yeah, definitely. What would you like listeners to know about your experience, about life as a biracial mm-hmm. person, as a black person? I think you've mentioned it already that people don't understand that the things that they say or how they treat other, that it has consequences. And I'm talking about white people now specifically. The way that you treat us, the way that you look at us, or the way that you say things about others who look like us in front of us, thinking, oh, she's born in Czech, she speaks Czech, so she's not that black. So I can ask her, do black men have big this and that? My dad is a black man, so do not ask me that. Seriously, it's very uncomfortable. (laughs) So they don't know that their good intentions don't mean the consequence is going to be good as well. Like You can have good intentions and do a lot of bad things. So just understand that whatever you say, the people hear it, they take it in, they think about it when they get home and it affects their confidence and their, their, their self-esteem. Racism basically is bullying. So what you are doing is bullying people of color by saying things and that. And if you believe that you have a good heart, you don't want to be a bully. Really educate yourself and watch what you say and become aware and try to make this world a better place. As we end our conversation today, what does it mean to you to be (laughs) anti-racist? What does it mean to me to be anti-racist? Calling out racism wherever you see it, standing up for people of color, for black people, if you see any injustice happening. Just fighting for the cause, really. Just fighting for the cause, being able to give up your privilege in order to help others. So educating yourself and investing your money into black business. The final question, if there's anybody who's listening who is struggling with identity Mm. or trying to figure out their place in the world, what comfort or what advice, what hope could (laughs) help them with? I would say you are not alone. You are definitely not alone. A lot of us struggle with that. If you are mixed race or if you are black and born in Czech Republic, um, you can always join the group. You can talk to other people. And remember that you are the only person who who can define who you are. Even though identity is affected by the external influences, at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide for yourself who you are. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. You can find the show notes by visiting the website. If you think that there is somebody else who can benefit from listening to this episode, please share the link with them. If you have a suggestion on how to be anti-racist, please send a message or leave an audio message on the website with SpeakPipe. Have a great week.